Hello, this is Dr. Jeff Craig, superintendent of the West Aurora Schools, and welcome to episode 27. Today's guest is a... Our 11-year veteran district athletic director, Mr. Jason Buckley. We appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's always fun to, you know, we have our X's and O's of academic rigor that we uh, pursue and then some of our board people in our community. But um, athletics is, uh, is, a, is a heartthrob of a lot of what high schools do and, and uh, even our middle schools. So glad to have you here. Yeah, thanks. We often say that we're the front porch of the school. There because, you go. Because, uh, you know, from a community standpoint, that's what people see first a lot of times. Absolutely. And uh, so glad to be uh, representing. Especially when the bright lights are yeah. on and a lot of crowd gather up no in, doubt in our facilities. It. So if you would, if you could uh, talk to us a little bit uh, about what um, kind of nudged you towards the, the, the profession of education and then um, how that kind of blended with your, your athletic passions and pursuits. Sure. Yeah. So I had um, some great mentors in high school. Uh, I went to Naperville North High School and I uh, had great teachers and coaches. And one of the people I kind of gravitated to was my uh, state and local politics teacher, uh, Glenn Schneider, who was a councilman in Naperville. And he really brought out my passion for social studies. Wow. And uh, it was after taking that class as a sophomore, I continued to kind of follow that track a little bit more as a junior and senior and knew I wanted to get into education. Uh, so I went on to Aurora University and uh, started out as an education major and quickly um, took a, a different turn, if you will, and uh, got into political science and thought, well, you know what? Politics might be my thing. And not that I w wanted to necessarily run for office or anything like that, but I, I thought that getting involved at the state or local level would be something that I would pursue in some form or fashion. Once again, not, I, I didn't see myself necessarily as running for any public office, but um, uh, being involved at, at that level, I thought was something that was really interesting to me. And interesting I, road to travel. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I uh, actually graduated with a degree in political science and went immediately right back to education and got a master's right away. And, uh, you know, so then when I went home, and my parents would say, I told you so. And so I kind of ended up back where I started. But, um, you know, and that dovetailed really nicely with my uh, athletic uh, pursuits and played basketball at Aurora University and um, actually participated for three years on the golf team and uh, won uh, one year on the football team as well when I was in grad school. And uh, uh, so great experience, gave me uh, a lot of perspective Absolutely. on uh, a number of different sports at a pretty early age. And um, so then from there, went on to uh, uh, work in the Oswego district for 11 years and was a head basketball coach at Oswego East for eight years. You know, so from that standpoint, I've been able to be around a lot of different sports and uh, still while I was in Oswego, being able to teach social studies and uh government specifically, uh, that was, I, I was kind of living the dream. And uh, that was something that I was really uh, passionate about and be able to um, do both of those things, teach government and, and social studies and, and coach. Uh, you know, it was, a, it, was, it was awesome. And then, you know, having the opportunity to come to West Aurora was something I just couldn't pass up. And uh, when that opportunity became available, uh, I jumped at it and uh, been here ever since. So I'm going to highlight a couple of pieces there. Uh, this last one, of course, I was on the uh, the one end of the stick as the principal at Oswego East. Uh, got to enjoy uh, some of your talents as a teacher and a coach at Oswego East, but also when West Aurora came calling and applied some pressure, I still 
think they stole you away, but now I'm the, the beneficiary of that as well as, yeah. um, you know, multi-years later, got a chance to come back. Uh, so, you know, it's an interesting cycle. This is a small community that sure. you just never know where those circles will touch again. Yeah. The other it, piece it, I want well, to go And if I could cut you off, I, I yeah. just want to make mention of, um, I, I've gotten some guilt trips in my life from my parents, <laughs> um, but I don't think anything compares to the guilt trip I got from you <laughs> when I was leaving uh, Oswego East. So um, that was that was an all-timer, and uh, and I probably would have done the same thing if I was in your shoes. So. It, was, it was certainly my job to try and keep the, the, the quality and talent in yeah. our building. So. Yeah. We fight for ours, so That's absolutely, right. I appreciate that. The other piece I want to go back to, because this is an important aspect that sometimes we, we gloss over. And I know my daughter, when she went into teaching, was, was influenced by a singular teacher. And, and I think, you know, when our teachers and coaches, you never know when that moment or that influence will happen, that a kid will pick up on that. And so going back to the teacher at Naperville North High School, that social studies teacher, talk a little bit about that influence. What was it about that teacher that, that kind of created that spark for you to say, this is what I really want to do? He was real. And it, it was, there was no, there was no fluff. Mm. There, there was no, um, he, he was just very true to himself and he, he could be abrasive at times mm. and he, he wasn't for everybody, Sure, but it, it clicked with me and uh, I know it clicked with a, a number of others as well, but, um, you know, certain teaching styles just work well. And if I could have had every teacher, you know, like Mr. Schneider, it would have been great yeah, for me. Sure. It, it probably wouldn't have been great for the building, um, and the administration, <laughs> but, um, you know, he was very real and very true to himself and, um, he, he shot you straight. And there, like I said, there was, and, and combine that with, with the discipline of social studies that, you know, it just, it fit yep. for me. Yeah. Those connections are, uh, you never know, you know, what's going to connect with a kid and influence them or help them take a, a, a positive twist on it. And, and uh, so I just wanted to highlight that, that it's so important, especially in your role. Now, I know that's something you really encourage our coaches. Mm -hmm. Remember, they're always watching. Remember, they're going to follow your lead. Absolutely. And uh, to be, you know, that's that integrity thing. What, what do you do when people aren't looking? Exactly. So uh, you talked about um, some teachers and some coaches that you've been around and had some exposure to. And I know specifically you've... Uh, been around some pretty legendary coaches as a student athlete yourself, uh, but also as an athletic administrator. Are there different people that stand out in your mind and, and what have been some of those impressions on you? Yeah, the, quite a few. And I mean, I don't have to go very far to, to say, hey, Gordy Kirkman. Sure. And as as an athlete myself, I, I, we never played West Aurora during my time at, at Naperville North, but um, I... I um, I remember coming to uh, a sectional game between Naperville Central and West Aurora at West Aurora when I was a junior. It was the first time I was ever in the gym. And I, I, I mean, that was my first experience and it was an eye-opening one. But that's where, you know, you start to hear about the legendary Gordy Kirkman. Absolutely. And, um, having the opportunity to then coach against him and, um, you know, then finally work alongside him. It, it was that, that was that was a great experience for me. Uh, my own high school coach, Mark Lindo, another Hall of Fame coach, uh, was uh, certainly an influence on me and still is to this day. Uh, my 
my head um, college coach, James Lancaster, another Hall of Fame coach. And, and you know, so I, I've been very fortunate. And, you know, all of, the, of those three still really good friends. Uh, James and I are probably, you, you know, like best friends. We talk all the time. And um, it, it's really cool to be able to have those relationships with, uh, with those guys. And, you know, as a basketball coach, I was very fortunate to play against and then coach against a, a lot of other legendary coaches like Jim Roberts from Batavia, who, you know, even in retirement is still coming to games all the time. And, you know, guys like Bob Mattingly um, and Don Holler, who certainly people that were uh, influential to me. And, you know, I, I learned so much from them and I continue to learn from guys like that. And, um, you know, the one thing I always respected about all of those guys was the way they treated their players mm. and they, they guys always, away. yeah, guys always came back. And, um, I remember coach Lindo telling me you're, you're never going to, you're never going to totally feel the impact you make until you get that first invite to a wedding or until you get that um, the birth announcement of somebody's child, one of your former players' child, like, or you get invited to a graduation party or something like that, and that's like you might not see it for a few years, and um, and and it's so true. And um, I've been very fortunate to maintain pretty good relationships with uh, former players, and so now I'm starting to feel like the old guy myself. <laughs> and uh, but it, it, it's it's great, and I uh, wouldn't trade it for anything. That's awesome. Yeah. So kind of keeping that momentum moving forward, uh, you've been, as we've talked, you've been here in West Aurora since 2012. If you'll take a few minutes reflecting back from then until current day, what are some things that you can brag about in terms of West Aurora athletics, not only from the win-loss, the accomplishment, but also, and I'm going to probe a little bit deeper, but you do some other things to build our young men and women. Mm -hmm. What sets us apart in terms of a program and what we offer um, compared to other districts around the state? Yeah, I, I think our our numbers just in and of themselves uh, of participation, I, I think is really high. This year we're on pace for about 1,800 students to come out for our teams and tryouts. We typically, you know, unfortunately we do have to cut in some sports, but we've had 14, 1,500 students on a pretty regular basis participating in athletics throughout the seasons. And, um, you know, that's that's something that we don't take for granted. We really hang our hat on that. And not only athletics, but in activities, we've got 60-some clubs that uh, kids can get involved in. So from a building standpoint, I think we really do a good job uh, getting kids involved and, and staying involved. And that's really uh, something that I'm very proud of. Uh, in addition to that, I think, you know, one of the things that sets our athletic department uh, apart a little bit is our leadership program that we've um, implemented for uh, for our kids. And, um, you know, our Blackhawk leadership team, that's something that we've done probably, well, th this will be it, its 10th year. And um, it, it's grown and it's morphed into a, a few different uh, iterations. And, uh, you know, we're still learning and still trying to figure out uh, uh, the best way to kind of attack this. But what we like to do is get involved with the, the students, uh, the student athletes as students, as teenagers, as athletes, and kind of break all that, all those different roles down and um, help them grow in each of them. And, um, 
you know, that's uh, that's something that we're really proud of and and love to do. So you, I'm going to push a little bit more on that 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 leadership component. Not everyone does that. It's yeah. becoming more in vogue. Sure. Uh, but I think you've been pushing that for quite some time, even back when in your Oswego East days. Mm-hmm. Give a real high level overview. What does a session look like when you bring the student athletes in? What do you do? What's the, what's our outcomes? What, what's what's your intent on that? Yeah. So um, we look to grow our students on three different levels. You know, obviously, educationally, that's number one. Um, but, you know, socially and emotionally as well. So, and if we can do that, then, then we've succeeded. But to answer your question, how do we, how do we get there in a session? And all the sessions look different because, um, you know, there might be a day where we're just talking about how to lead. Now that, that kind of comes later, you know, cause we, there are a lot of steps to get, sure. to get to that point, but what does leadership look like? What does, what does, uh, being a competitor look like? You know, because sometimes being a competitor might be going toe to toe with an opponent, you know, diving for a loose ball. You're on the mat, you know, trying to get out of a headlock. That might be a competitor to some. Some might be, you know, tapping a teammate on the back, you know, and saying, hey, good job. Um, You know, in others, it might be. You know, shaking the hand of an opponent. Yeah. You know, so win, lose, or draw. Win, lose, or draw. And so there's a lot of components to that. And we kind of talk through some of those things. Like, what does it mean to really, you know, compete and do the best you can? And, you know, the other thing we talk about is not measuring yourself against others, but measuring yourself against yourself. Sure. And, uh, you know, one example we use, I show the picture of the USA basketball team. And I ask the question, are you tall? Before I show the picture, I ask, are you tall? And about half the room says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tall. And then I throw that picture up there and they're like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> so, um, you know, so like we want to get away from that and, yeah. and, you know, focusing on what we can control and not measuring ourselves against anybody else, but measuring ourselves against ourselves and controlling the controllables. And if we're able to do those things, then we're going to be in a much better position, not only on the floor or on the mat or on the field, but in the classroom, at, at our jobs, with our friends, with our parents you at bet. home. So, um, you know, but easier said than done. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think. Um, your efforts are not unnoticed. I think it's still trying to build that that whole kid, that whole uh, student athlete, because there's a different set of expectations. It, the, actually, the standard raises. You know, you wear our colors, you wear our name. Uh, the expectation is that you step up and and wear those with pride and with dignity. Um, you carry yourself. You know, they may not have the jersey on, but you may be out in the community, and they're going to know your face. And how do you comport yourself? How do you comport yourself when you represent on the floor? So I think it uh, it takes takes our programs just a few steps uh, higher and uh, certainly appreciate those efforts. Yeah, and that's getting back to that front porch idea. You know, for so many people, we are the front porch of West Aurora. And, and I don't necessarily mean just our community, but when an opponent, a visiting team comes to us or we go to them, they might not have any background knowledge of what we're all about, but how we... Um, how we comport ourselves, uh, you know, on the playing surface, that translates into their mindset of what we are and who we are. Right or wrong, it, that, you know, we're, that, that matters. Providing that experience. Exactly. We have, uh, we have a relationship with the Positive Coaching Alliance. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about what that does for our coaches, parents, and student athletes. Yeah, so um, it, it's a 
platform, it, it started out as the platform for us to kind of get our leadership program off the, uh, uh. Off the ground. And I had uh, I'd been contacted by them to, hey, what do you think about us coming in? And I was like, nah, Positive Coaching Alliance, that sounds too warm and fuzzy for me. And I, I was very hesitant early on and uh, took a meeting with uh, the regional uh, director and he said, no, that's not really what we're all about. We, we want to win too. You know, it's not just... Hey, go out and have fun and play the game. And there, there was more to it. And, um, you know, their motto is better athletes, better people. Sure. And so you can that, subscribe to that. How I'll, could you not? Yeah. So from that standpoint, it, it was, it ended up being a really good fit. And so we started that out with just our, with our student athletes. And then that kind of evolved into uh, a little bit more of a relationship with um, not only our athletes, but also uh, our coaches. And they've come out to us and held coaches workshops um, for all of our coaches and um, done some work with our parents as well at some of our preseason meetings. And if nothing else, that g it gives them, it gives our coaches and our parents a different voice. Um, the message is pretty consistent, but you know, just like anybody else, sometimes you just need to hear it from somebody else. From then, uh, from that point, you know, I, I actually inquired about, well, I, I really like what you guys are doing. How can I get involved with this? And so I, about six or seven years ago, uh, I started, I, I, I just asked the question, what does it take to, to work with you guys and maybe go deliver some of these workshops myself? And because, um, you know, it was something I, I started to feel passionately about. Yeah. And um, I, I went through about a six month training process and um, it was something that was very beneficial for me as an athletic director uh, because I was able to pull from both sides. You know, I pull some PCA stuff and incorporate it into my job on a daily basis. And, you know, the opposite was true uh, as well. So, you know, I've, I've delivered workshops all across Northern Illinois. I've gone into the city and, you know, talked to travel baseball teams. And how uh, neat is that? Yeah, it, it's really cool. Open some doors for you. With, without question. And, um, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, I definitely don't take for granted the opportunities that I've been afforded because of that. Um, and so, you know, gotten to meet some really interesting people and make some great connections with some other athletic directors who have kind of done the same thing. And, um, you know, had a lot of schools reach out to me and say, hey, we hear you're involved with that. Would you like to come out? Uh, I gave a parent presentation to the Geneva High School uh, year, right, just before COVID. And I, it was great, you know, um, it, because it was one I, I could draw on my own athletic director experiences as well sure. and, and say, you know, here's what we experience at, at West Aurora. And a, a lot of those experiences are very similar. And Here's why we're doing what we're doing. And so the, the PCA has helped us grow um, our program here at West and, um, and really broadened um, my experiences as well. Sounds like we're a good choice. Absolutely. Good for you. Good for us. I want to shift a little bit. Um, I know that recently the IHSA has um, made some criteria changes in terms of officiating really encouraging our, our youth to re-engage in that. If they can't be a, a student athlete, maybe they could be a, an official, or maybe mm -hmm. they could do a little bit of both, but sure. allowing 16-year-olds, um, especially at the youth level and the lower levels, to uh, begin officiating in, in our sports. 
And I saw uh, evidence of that on Sunday at a youth tournament uh, where we had a lot of kids that were officiating and, and getting some really positive experiences. So that was one measure that they, that the state took, uh, the IHSA, to encourage more officials because we've seen challenges. We've had, I think we had two weekends, uh, two Friday night games got moved to a Wednesday or Thursday because of lack of officials. Yep. And it's not just at football. Um, it's, it's pretty global right now. So what are some things that that we are doing um, to encourage more officials to be out? And then what are some things that you're seeing from a, a, a veteran athletic administrator uh, that are discouraging officials? What's, what's causing the depletion of the numbers? And what are some things we can do to correct that? Well, I'll start with the, the negative. And, you know, going back to uh, the early days of, uh, of athletics in – I'd say specifically baseball, you know, there was all the, always that kill the ump mentality. Yeah. And I, I believe there was even a movie, Kill the Umpire, you know, in the 1950s. And uh, that mentality has really kind of taken hold with, uh, with fans. And it, it's had like a trickle down effect um, from the professional ranks into mm. the colleges, which then go into the high school and then the youth. And it, it's been incredibly frustrating to see as um, as a parent, as an athletic director, as a coach, the the mistreatment. And now I, I will be the first to admit I haven't always had the greatest conversations <laughs> with officials when I was coaching and in the heat of the moment. But I'd like to think I, I developed relationships with uh, a lot of the officials throughout the years of coaching that you know, I, I could always come back to him and say, hey, you know, your angle might have been a little bit better than sure. mine or something like that. And I, I was I always tried to leave it in a good place. But it, but it's tough. And I, I think right now we've got uh, there's a lot of pressure on um, parents and athletes to to get noticed and to get scholarships. Absolutely. And so when things don't go as planned during a game, well, uh, one easy target is the officials. And um, and that shouldn't be. And I, I struggle quite a bit when, you know, people are really getting after an official. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, they don't know if their their spouse or, or their family's at the game, because a lot of times they do bring their families. And I can't imagine what that would feel like to hear. Um, that vitriol. You know, yeah. And, and it and gets it, that, that extreme. It really does. And, and, and it's very disheartening because we would never say that about an athlete. You know, we would never, as a parent, we would certainly never say that about, you know, another kid on the team or something like that. So that's been, that, that's been frustrating. And, and, you know, the officials aren't getting any younger. Um, and uh, a lot of them are kind of aging out at this point. Absolutely. And, and COVID only, you know, magnified that. And so, Long way to get to your question. We are, um, we've actually adopted a new class this year in PE on officiating. So we're trying to grow from within. I know a lot of other schools in the area have, um, if they haven't gotten to the point where they've started those classes yet, they're, they're, in, they're in the works um, because we all, everybody recognizes the need. And it's, it's not just something that is a local problem. This is a national problem and um, something that we need to get corrected. And so I've tried to um, help spur that on a little bit. And we are, you know, promoting, treating the officials well and, and doing the right thing. And, you know, coaching my own kids, I, was, I, I always told them, I, I don't want to see palms up. 
So if you have a question mm-hmm. about a call an official made, better not put your palms up <laughs> because that just, you know, the body language sure. piece of that is something Disrespectful. That, yeah. And, and it, you, you might not mean anything by it, but it, it's something that we as coaches and we as players need to do a better job of. And if we're doing that, then I think the parents might fall in line a little bit more. And I, I've been... Um, presented the opportunity by the Southwest Prairie Conference to be our representative on um, the Northern Illinois School Officials Committee, uh, which takes a look at officials pay throughout Northern Illinois. And um, so I've, we've done a lot of work over the last couple of years to, you know, make it a little bit more lucrative for them. And um, so I'm proud of the fact that, you know, I, I can say that, you know, I've been in the room where we've really helped the officials out because, you know, for a lot of them, it didn't pay to come to a high school game when they could go officiate a youth game for less time and more money. So we really wanted to get in line with, um, you know, what they deserve to be paid as opposed to what they were being paid. Yeah. And it's, uh, as you say, it's sometimes there's not enough money um, to take some of the the verbal attack that, that happens. So good comments. I appreciate that. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to put your, uh, your leadership hat on. You know, the other day you got a chance when I was over at the high school to um, do some classroom observations with uh, Dr. Hiscock and got a chance to sit in on uh, Coach Eimer, our, our head football coach, his, uh, his recruiting uh, seminar, mm-hmm. for lack of to all the, the coaches in the building. And, and was really impressed by the, the thought process, uh, the strategies, because there's, there's lots of options. And back to your comments about, you know, kids and parents are trying to get noticed. How do I get picked up by a college or, you know, look at that post-secondary opportunity. So from your experiences, uh, your perspective, what kind of advice would you give to coaches, parents, student athletes about that approach to that post-secondary, that, that, that me, me mentality sometimes that gets in the way of actual performance. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, if you would. Yeah. And it's, it's easy to fall into that trap that, well, I need to score the most points. I need to get the most tackles. I need to have the most playing time as I spent three years as an assistant coach at Aurora University, so I've been out on the recruiting trail. I've walked out of a gym when I saw uh, you know, an athlete just walk to the end of the bench, disregard his teammates, and, you, and just sit there and pout. And I said, that's not the kind of guy we want. Yeah. Um, so, and in, I've had, you know, a lot of opportunities to talk to a number of college coaches in a number of sports because of, because um, of, you know, working in the athletic office, you see a lot of people coming and going sure. and attending games. And the overwhelming sentiment is we want to get somebody who's a good fit for our program. And those character issues are definitely at the top of the list. Underscore, highlight, embolden. Oh, absolutely. And we, we can't impress upon our student athletes enough that it, like, th- everybody they recruit is a good player. So you don't have to score a little bit more or do a little bit more for them to understand you're a good player. They wouldn't be there if you weren't. Sure. Um, but what's going to take you over the top is the extra stuff. Who are you? And yeah, who, exactly. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, who are you when nobody's looking? And um, uh, unfortunately, we, you know, we, we see all the time, we, we see the negative in people when others are looking. And so that, you know, when they're not looking, 
gosh, you, you really start to wonder then. But, um, you know, adversity is good. Adversity is good. So getting through a, a rough struggle in a game throughout a season, you know, in the classroom, it, coaches can see that and, and it's a good thing. So we don't have to, um, not everything has to be perfect. And, um, and it's good for coaches to see some of those things take place and how you bounce back from that. Now, as far as getting noticed, it, the game has changed because back in, you know, back in our day, and yes, I'm throwing us in the same day. <laughs> um, if you were good enough, they'd find you. Yeah. And for the most part, I think that's still true. But what can, um, you know, what can really separate you is, um, you know, having an advocate. And uh, Coach Imer is a prime example of uh, being that advocate within um, the, the football program. And be, as somebody who is not only advocating for his own student athletes, but others in the area. And, uh, you know, we've seen kids at Oswego High School, kids in Batavia, kids, um, you know, at other schools, just in conversation come up with college coaches, hey, have you looked at so-and-so? They can really play. And I, I don't know a lot of coaches that that would do that. Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't, but um, I, I'm consistently impressed when I see that. Um, but continue to be an advocate, not only for your own student athletes, but for others as well. And going through things as a parent through the recruiting process with my daughter, I, I saw that I think one of the biggest keys is go where you can play. And, and you know, for some, they just want to play division one. Sure. And that's great. That's a, that's an awesome goal. But are you then okay sitting on the bench for two, three, maybe four years? Because that's that's a tough road to hope. And um, so um, I, I'd encourage students to take a look at Division two, Division three, NAI, junior college. There is, you play any of those, you're playing high level, um, whatever sport it is, because you're going against adults who are, you know, they, they've got the same passion and drive as you do. And um, so from that standpoint, that's uh, that's always one that I think is really important. Go where you feel like you can play. And uh, I remember as a student athlete myself, I used to think college basketball was Duke and North Carolina. Absolutely. And that was it. And then I went and on a recruiting visit and watched a game uh, at AU and they were playing Benedictine, their rival. And I was like, well, the, these are grown men out here. <laughs> I don't know if I can play this game. And, uh, you know, that, that almost scared me off a little bit, but it made me realize like, wow, there's high level uh, of basketball being played at, at all levels. And, uh, you know, having been to a number of um, sporting events and participated in sporting events, um, you know, at the division three level and, and see all the, some D two games it, it's, it's great stuff. So it, an opportunity to play at the next level should be taken advantage of. But, uh, my, my biggest piece of advice, go where you can play. So I hope, uh, our students, I hope our parents, I hope staff members are hearing that that's awesome advice. It was certainly a takeaway that I got just listening to uh, Coach Imer for a, a few moments. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I'm going to ask for your perspective one more time. Sure. Uh, as we wrap up here, you know that I've been a, a strong proponent around uh, elevating the conversation around public education. Mm -hmm. From your perspective, um, where do you think we are in public education today? You know, you get a chance to see the student slash athlete, and there's a reason that student is before athlete, 
can be an athlete if you're not a student. Um, what's different? What's changed? Where are we heading and what are you encouraging? Well, I, I, I think we're in an okay spot. I think we're in a, I, I take that back. I think we're in a pretty good spot, but we're not anywhere close to where I think we could be. Um, but we're moving, I think we're moving in the right direction. You know, we've got to be very careful about what we read and what we watch mm-hmm. on TV because we can always fall into the narrative, uh, you know, that of public education is imploding and, and things are terrible and, um, you know, it's it's a dumpster fire and, and stuff like that. And I hear far too often, can you believe what they're teaching at so-and-so or do you know how they handled this situation? And it, a lot of it is misinformation or just very, very small portions of the information. And people don't have a full uh, grasp of what's actually taking place. Um, I mean, there are so many great things happening in schools today, and and it's um, it's something that you know I kind of wish I would have had back when I was in high school. Sure, absolutely. You know, now, are 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 students able to recite? And I'll go the social studies route. Are they able to recite every president in order in the year that they serve? <laughs> no. Can they necessarily recite every element on the periodic table? Probably not. But at the end of the day, we are really fostering an environment of critical thinking. Mm. And that is something that, um, you know, I, I don't know way back when th- that we did a very good job of that. I would agree. And, and I would say even me as a teacher, I look back at some of my practices from my, my early years teaching. I, I didn't do that nearly well enough. I, I thought I did, you know, and at, at the time I, I was doing you know, what was asked and, um, but we evolve. And I think the question of why, or how did you get to that answer is being asked more. And I was just in two classrooms yesterday, both social studies classes. And, um, and the amount of times I heard something along the lines of why, or what makes you say that, or how'd you get there? That was that was amazing because then the students really had to think. Well, I just read it on the sheet. No, no. But or or was that accurate? What you read was that accurate? It isn't that ultimately what we want them to do. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And and that's going to carry them much further than you know knowing that Abraham Lincoln was the sixteenth president. (laughs) Um, And so. You know, from, from that standpoint, I'm really encouraged by the direction we're heading. But like I said earlier, I don't think we're anywhere near where we're going to end up. Um, but uh, I, I love what we're seeing in our classrooms at, at West Aurora High School. Gives me personally uh, a, a, a lot of pride to see the, the evolution of the teaching profession. Uh. And, and, you know, and I've seen it just as an administrator over the last 11 years how much the teaching profession has changed. And our staff has adapted to that, which is amazing because I think, you know, as a 22-year educator, that's hard to do because now I'm starting to be one of the old guys. And, you know, would I be able to adapt as well? I'd like to think I would. But, you know, seeing some of those 25, 30-year teachers fully embracing some new ways of thinking and new ways of doing things has been absolutely amazing. It's and encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for the, uh, the positivity around public education. Um, and thanks for, thanks for your commentary. I appreciate you being on and I hope people have taken note. You get a, a ringside seat to see our kids 
in the classroom, um, on the, uh, the performance stage. You get to see our staff members then turn into coaches, uh, be able to mentor our kids and, and create uh, champion human beings as well as champion uh, student athletes. So uh, thank you for all that you bring to the table. Thank you for being here today. Uh, Jason Buckley, our district athletic director, West Aurora Schools. Please remember that you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and the TuneIn Radio app. And we will see you next time. Thank you.